0: Morning Crypto.
1: Good morning warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto. Where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian Stallion Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert and NFT tones is in the building. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how a New York attorney general is accusing Ethereum of being a security, while also claiming that crypto exchanges operating illegally should exit New York City. Fed Chair Jerome Powell confirms that his team is working on a United States central backed digital currency, letting Americans know that a rollout could be coming as soon as this year, while Cardano founder Charles Hodgkinson is responding to ADA possibly operating as an unregistered security, shaking in his boots during a Twitter live stream. As new details emerge from a former banking giant claiming Ripple is preparing to flip the switch at a single moment, we break down the details, showing our community how this could be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast... Our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, it's a great morning, not only because it's Friday, but Ethereum, they're dealing with some turbulence, my friend, and I'm excited to talk about it. How are you feeling?
2: Tabs, I'm always feeling great. It's a Friday. Happy Friday to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Good morning. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. and, And great to see everybody. And Billy, please focus uh see you in the car please focus on the road bro don't want to say anything bad happen to you love you great to see you and tones uh wonder what the heck's going on top of that head there but great to see everybody i'm so excited it's friday let's go baby
1: shots are already being fired nft tones and don't worry you're gonna get a chance to respond but first i gotta go to billy billy thank you for being here hopefully you're not actively driving i do see you're in your car how you feeling
3: my friend I'm blessed, bro. No, I'm not actively driving. I'm in North Carolina picking my wife up from the airport. She had some delays, so I had to come up here from South Carolina, man. We've been all over the place this weekend. It's good to be here with you guys. I fucking miss you guys. Miss Billy, you too, that the Lambo or the Ferrari? What are you nah, in? give, it's, us, it's give it's us. the Mercedes right now. I had to take the Mercedes. The other one's in the garage, bro. Oh, just the Mercedes,
1: my friends. But NFT Tones, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to Johnny Crypto. He's taking shots at your hair,
2: but how you feeling? Thank you for being here.
4: Johnny, what's good with that? You don't even have hair. Come on.
2: So, (laughs) Baby, when you get my age, if you got that hair, you'll be happy.
4: Anyway, I'm excited for what's been going on in the crypto world. Things are really, really afloat right now. Immutable X is really going forward, and I'm excited to see what they have
1: coming forward. Awesome. Thank you, NFT Tones. And we're going to start the show off the same way we always do, by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. We are at 3,006 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting at a 34, finally dipping into the fear range, Johnny Crypto. And as you can tell, for good reason, because every project on the board is red today. We've got Pax G up 2%, but basically everything across the board is down. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are back below $1 trillion and significantly so, sitting at 930 billion. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is 19%. Bitcoin is sitting below 20,000 at 19,900. Ethereum, 1400. XRP is 36 cents. Cardano is 31. Avalanche, $14. And let's scroll down to Quant Network, sitting at 113. And another project people have been talking about this week is Matic because Matic had some great price action earlier in the month. Reaching just below a dollar sixty, well, now it's completed a regression back to those original ranges, touching ninety nine cents yesterday. So I thought that was worth filling people in. And Johnny, I'm kicking it right to you, my friend. What are some of the projects that you're watching, and what's worth noting on this morning?
2: Well, Abs, first of all, let me just say, you know me, I actually like red days. So people are going to say I'm nuts, you know, and crazy, and all that. But I like red because red means, you know, I, I, I'm I'm preparing for the next run that's coming. And anybody who who understands what's coming wants to see red days because red days are opportunities for buying. Now, I'm not suggesting you buy at the initial red day drop. you got to be careful because if you get that initial drop, it continues for a while. But I prefer to be operating in the red. I've been telling everybody when you get in the greed zone, if you were playing this short term, that was the time to sell abs. Right now, we're moving We're shifting back now into the red zone. And I think we're going to be here for some time. This is not going to be a short-lived thing. But, Abs, I think credit to you. Somebody just invented a new game, you should be excited. It's called Take a Shot Every Time Absence Smash. New drinking game coming out. I don't
1: think they'll make it through the episode, guys, because we got 172 <laughs> live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash <laughs> that <laughs> like button twice because zombified. I don't think you're going to make it through the episode if you're taking a drink every time I ask you. But Billy, I wanted to get your thoughts on this tweet we talked about yesterday. President Biden is calling for a double on capital gains tax from 20%. To 40%. And capital gains tax is when you purchase a stock or an unregistered security, for example, that would be crypto, and you make a profit and then you sell within the first 12 months. Well, it turns out the government wants 40% of that profit. My response to this was big surprise here. The government expects a 40% payout without putting up any risk whatsoever. So, Billy, I know you're a very profitable trader. What does this mean to you as an American citizen? This would directly affect?
3: Uh, you know, we knew it's been coming, this whole administration. We knew when this administration came in what their policies were, what their wants were. Um, They've never been shy about it. They've always, you know, wanted to get those capital gains taxes. And now what they're even talking about is the unrealized gains taxes that are coming as well. You know, if they start passing those, that's going to be a completely different thing. But this goes back to what we've talked about in the past. Does it not feel purposeful and um, planned out the way that they're, they're doing this market, right? It's almost like they're trying to crush it to obliterate it in order to move it to something else. Um, we've talked about that, how you have to have them both come down to have that pendulum swing to, to swing it over. But I agree with Johnny. We're going to see a lot of red for a while since um, you know Jerome Powell came out and he was talking about you know raising it 0.5 in interest rate. We cracked some serious lows or some serious support levels in the market between the SPY, uh, even Tesla. I mean, we're getting down to some ugly ranges. So we're, we're going to see how far this goes, but I'm with Johnny 100%. Let, let it bleed, let it get red, and then just wait for those confirmations to get in some good buys.
1: Well, guys, there are some good players within the American government today, and we're going to show you a video of one of the most influential people when it comes to keeping decentralized currencies operating in America today. But here we go, Zombified. we got 189 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and take another shot of whatever you're drinking, my friend, because this video, this is from Coach JV's video this morning, and it's probably the most important information you're going to hear today
0: witnesses for your testimony. Crypto technology is shifting economic power from centralized institutions back into the hands of the people. It's transformational, and it can be threatening to unelected bureaucrats and quite frankly, some elected people here in Washington, DC. This threat is most saliently observed through several recent administrative actions. On January 3rd, 2023, the Fed, FDIC and the OCC issued a statement discouraging banks from holding crypto or servicing crypto clients on a quote, safety and soundness basis. On February 7th, 2023, the federal reserve published a statement in the federal register seemingly turning this perspective into a final rule without following the public comment process outlined in the administrative procedure act. In the midst of this, On January 27, 2023, the White House National Economic Council published, quote, the administration's roadmap to mitigate mitigate cryptocurrencies' risks. This report summarizes President Biden's political plan to lawlessly abuse the administrative state to push American crypto firms and their United States customers into offshore, unregulated, opaque, and unsafe markets.
1: And that's exactly what's taking place before our eyes, Johnny Crypto. What are they doing? They're driving American money out of these safe, quote unquote, regulated markets overseas into markets that can be completely destroyed. And it fits perfectly into what Jerome Powell said yesterday. When CBDCs are launched globally, the Federal Reserve is anticipating that all decentralized currencies will go to zero. And this is the statement right here. Jerome Powell says that cryptocurrencies will certainly go to zero if the United States CBDC is launched. And Tom Emmer He just explained why. So, Johnny, I'm going to kick it right back to you before the other members of the group. How do you feel about traditional finance taking over and pushing decentralized currencies
2: out of this country? Well, Abs, first of all, if anybody in the audience here lives in Minnesota, you better make sure you go out and you better go support and go vote right now for Tom Emmer's. Whenever Tom Emmer's is up again, is you want to talk about a crypto advocate, these are the kind of guys, the Tom Emmer's of the world, that we need in common. Congress. Literally, every single word he said, Abs was one hundred percent spot on. And funny enough, he's been—he said what we've been saying on this show that crypto is a direct, direct threat to the existing banking system because it's—he literally what he said. It allows people to play from the centralized system. Get out of centralized and playing decentralized. And he literally said it. Kudos to him. That boy got some serious cojones. He came out and said this by some people in this room that are uh, you know that are benefiting from this or don't want to see this happen. He is spot on, at That that is exactly why we have been saying and written on paper that this is going to happen because the fact that crypto, the real thing is crypto is not bad. Crypto is freedom. Crypto is a, crypto is a way around the, the centralized banking system that has has everybody hooked into it, and so they certainly don't don't want that. And he's spot on there, apps 100. Go vote if you live in Minnesota, you better take care of that guy. Go vote for him, Billy. I'd like to get some thoughts from you as well. We're getting comments in the chat right now. Controlled
1: opposition. I don't know. I don't like to take the pessimistic view because he did say some great things that I do agree with. So, Billy, what do you believe about Tom Emmer's statements? Is this a planned attack coordinated from POTUS,
3: or is this just something happening organically within the United States? Man, you know what? It's hard to even tell anymore with all the disinformation, misinformation, and you know all the stuff going on. Um, it, it sounds like something that they would do. I mean, we've said it in the past. The reason. I felt like they didn't let it happen or bring it in sooner because they couldn't control it. They couldn't make money off of it. They couldn't be, you know, lobbied in, lobbied in certain ways. They could be lobbied in other ways. Um, but that's just the big part of it. They can't control it. So how do they let it happen? Uh, the fact that, you know, they are trying to push this out there to, to other exchanges in these other countries is just wild, man. It's just It's going to be some interesting times coming up. NFT
1: Tones, I'm going right to you after we play this video of Coinbase CEO talking about how regulation is necessary, but purposefully misguided in the United States.
0: I think there was an enforcement action on Kim Kardashian for unlawfully touting a crypto security. So how, how can you say with confidence that you don't list any securities when it feels like that's a very fluid thing at the moment? Look, the best thing for, for us and for the whole industry would be here's a clear rule book. Everybody has to follow it. You know.
1: I want to remind you, the original question was, how can you be certain that you're not selling unregistered securities? Now I'm going to play his answer, which doesn't answer the question.
0: Here's a clear rule book. Everybody has to follow it. You know. And if the rules change, give us a new rule book. We'll follow that one. Right. We've actually been requesting that. And we've, we filed a petition with the SEC on this. People can read it on their website. Uh, and we sort of enumerated, look, these are the ways that the current securities laws don't really address some of these underlying questions in crypto.
1: Johnny crypto he said it right there they do not understand or answer and many of the underlying questions that people have in crypto today. But it brings in a broader conversation. Coinbase has already confirmed they're working with companies like JP Morgan, Visa, Chase Bank on custody in crypto in the future, but Brian Armstrong says they can't even be certain that they're selling they're not selling unregistered securities today. So let me ask you pretty bluntly, why do you believe JP Morgan's willing to work with these companies in the background? when they know the SEC is circling the waters for crypto exchanges.
2: Goes back to what I say all the time, my friend. What do I tell you all the time? It's not what you know. It's who you know. Some people have connections. Some people don't have connections. And you're seeing it right now. But Abs, I do want to say that, you know, some of our our members out here are getting thirsty. So please make sure, Abs, that we don't let them. We don't want any of our our, our members to, to dehydrate. So... Make sure you smash that like button. But, abs, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. If that isn't a clear sign on the wall, right? You got some companies saying, hey, no problem. We're working. We're moving forward. And other ones that are scared, you know which side each one of those on and who has friends in the game and who doesn't have friends supporting them in the background.
1: NFT tones. This files perfectly into the lawsuit that was filed yesterday by the attorney general of New York, claiming that Kraken or Ku- sorry, KuCoin was selling unregistered securities, and one of those unregistered securities was Ethereum. So, what are you anticipating? Could there be dark days on the horizon for Ethereum? As we know, exchanges are already being accused of selling unregistered securities.
4: I mean, if KuCoin's accused for it, then they're all going to be accused for it, and it's just it's just really interesting that they're going to accuse it because like. We know when Ethereum was initially offered, it most likely was a security, but due to current what it is now, I feel like it's just hard to say. And like I, I feel like they really need to come out and make things clearer. Without regulation, things are just going to be very misguided. And until we have regulation, I think people are going to be all over the place. So until we have like true, in essence, regulation, I think we're never going to have, I think people are always going to be fearful of what's going to happen in this market because I was talking to some friends today and they were already like, I don't know where to put any money. I'm afraid the whole market is going to crap out. So it's very scary. People don't know
1: what to do and it's just very difficult. Absolutely. And one of the things that's not up for debate is that Ethereum did have an initial coin offering back in 2014 where you were able to purchase Ethereum for as little as one penny. And many of those same original people who bought that ICO are holding Ethereum today. To be, to be specific, seven of the original investors are still holding many of the initial Ethereum that was bought. But these are some powerful statements from Judge Torres, the judge that is working with Ripple and SEC to hopefully create some litigation in the United States. She said, it might not be relevant to the issue, but it's important for my understanding. My understanding of XRP is that not only does it have a currency value, but it also has utility and that uti- utility distinguishes it from Bitcoin and Ethereum. Is that correct? Well, she's asking the important questions, Johnny crypto. And luckily she's working on our side. I like to believe. So I'm looking for an article about the New York attorney suing KuCoin for selling an unregistered security because all of our Ethereum holders out there need to be aware of this news. New York's attorney generals on Tuesday sued KuCoin for failing to register with the state for letting investors buy and sell cryptocurrencies on its platform as part of her effort to rein in what she calls the shadowy cryptocurrency companies. Attorney general uh, said the fourth largest cryptocurrency platform violated the Martin act, a powerful state securities law by transacting cryptocurrencies and selling a product called KuCoin earn in order to generate income for itself and its investors and wrongfully calling itself an exchange. So Johnny, that's why the KuCoin, uh, sorry, that's why the Coinbase interview was so important. If KuCoin is being accused of selling unregistered securities, for offering many of the same products that Coinbase does, why wouldn't their CEO be nervous? Maybe you can answer that question.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think what we're talking about here, which is interesting, is you see that the SEC has gone after every single exchange that offered some kind of earned program or interest program. Nexo went down. Uh, Kraken went down. And now you're seeing these guys going down. Right? The, the, the SEC does not want, let me rephrase. It's not the SEC. The SEC has been targeted to go after anything, I think, in my opinion, that produces interest or income that's greater than what you can get in the bank. Because that's the benefit here, abs is a lot of these companies, you know, that we saw crypto was paying five, six, seven, eight percent. You could get a really decent return. Now, if I can offer you five, six, seven, eight percent, you can put your money in the bank.
1: Exactly. Why would I? I'd have no incentive to, especially that now that I know how the banking system works. And for every hundred dollars I deposit 97% gets lent out to other banks and financial institu- institutions.
2: Okay. So now if you're the bank and we know the banks run everything and the banks are like, Holy shit. Nobody's giving us money anymore. All the money's going to these weird fluky crypto things. They're getting all the money that we're no longer getting. And if we don't get money, remember why does the bank want your money? Because how much of it can they relend out? 97% of your money can get Relant back out. The more money they take in, the more money they can send out. Well, if that money ain't coming in and it's going to, so this is why I believe you're seeing all of these crypto exchanges that offer an earned program, right? They went. What's interesting about that article, Abs, is they didn't go after the exchange. They went after the earned program, it sounds like, which no surprise there that they'll shut the earned program down, but they'll let the exchange run. They're letting Kraken run. They're letting Nexo run. They just can't offer savings, interest rates to U.S. citizens. How, how sad is that? That in America, you can no longer have the right to go and invest something and take the risk. But yet, when we make money, as you rightfully pointed out earlier, we got to give 40% or 30%. It's crazy ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense in tones. I agree
1: with what Jake Chervinsky had to say yesterday. He said, no, Ethereum is not a security. Just because someone makes an unfolded allegation, even if that someone is an enforcement agency in the court, agencies are like any other plaintiff. They can write whatever they want in a a complaint and it may get some press, but that doesn't mean it's going to change a thing. And that's a little bit of reassuring news. I remember when the Ripple lawsuit was first fired, many of the Ethereum Alliance members, even Vitalik Buterin himself was calling Ripple a China coin, was calling Ripple an unregistered security. So it's interesting to see that energy come full circle as Ethereum really did have an ICO within the United States. And that's something that you can never accuse Ripple of doing. So I'd like to get some thoughts. Two things in particular, Tones. One, do you believe Ethereum is currently operating as as an unregistered security? And two, was it ever doing that? Was the initial launch an unregistered security? I mean,
4: it could have been. So no, I don't think it's currently operating as an uh, I don't think it's operating as a security, but I believe that when it initially was offered, it probably was, and people weren't thinking about that. And so I feel like it is definitely something that 10 years ago, it should have been looked at now though, because it's not being offered as a security. It's not working as a security. I don't think they can really go by that because it, it, it was, but it isn't now. Now, I feel like there's a lot of red lines here. So it's kind of just very difficult, but it's hard to say, I feel like.
1: It's definitely hard to say, and that's why they are debating it in the courts, NFT Tones. But we got a lawyer's insight right here is Jeremy Hogan is talking about what he believes could happen to Ethereum. And it's interesting. Like I said earlier, many of the people who are against Ripple for the SEC and voting for the SEC to sue Ripple – Well, they're the same people who are going to deal with those consequences in 2023 and beyond. So we're going to play this short clip about Ethereum operating as a security and what that could mean for everything in the United States. This audio is absolutely brutal. So what he says within this video is the change to staking protocol is the biggest concern for Ethereum Alliance members. Because if you take your Ethereum and you stake it on a validator, you are anticipating a reward from the growth of the Ethereum ecosystem. So long story short, Johnny, I hope I did a good summary there. What do you think of Jeremy Hogan's statements? The biggest concern here is the staking.
2: Well, that's, that's exactly right. But guys, that's how crypto works. (laughs) You you stake the coin to provide liquidity so the system can operate. It's just how it, uh, that's just how it works. So uh, I'm not sure what the threat is here when people understand the risk and how it works. That is how it's been designed, abs. So um, to me, I guess the question is, what is the real risk?
1: All right. If you're asking me, I do not know my friends, but we got 291 (laughs) live live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Zombified. Take another drink because this is a great video and I've already checked the audio on this one. You're going to hear it fantastic. This is Charles Hodgkins debating whether Cardano was ever an unregistered security and what that could mean for everything in the United States. I want to remind people, he tweeted us on Twitter one time criticizing XRP and criticizing the promotion of that blockchain. So interesting video here. We'll let it play.
0: Well, this one right here, Charles, question for if, yeah, Cardano, data is real security by the SEC. Well, the SEC can assert it, but then they'd have to sue over it, and there'd be a long litigation process. The foundation would uh, have to fight and go through. Uh, and you know, regulations, regulation—it's a hypothetical. And there's nothing in the history of Cardano
1: that feels security-like, uh, from the beginning to where it's at today, to the fact that the network is fully decentralized and so forth. Uh, I would believe that then Ethereum and Bitcoin would also
0: be securities and they'd be in a, a bigger debacle. And this problem with regulations through enforcement, you know, there's not like- much-
1: I'm going to pause it here and play the remainder right after Johnny. One of the biggest differences with Cardano is again, another project that had a confirmed ICO. Now, obviously they didn't do the same thing as Ethereum and raise money in the United States. They went over to Japan. They had their ICO in 2015 in Japan. They went over and raised money for their foundation. So again, when Charles is making these blanket statements stating, well, I don't see how it operates as an unregistered security. If someone as naive as me in this market can figure it out, I'm sure the regulators can. And I think it's something they're going to have to deal with at some point. What does that mean to you, Johnny, before I play the remainder of this?
2: Well, I mean, there's no doubt about it that, you know, anything, any, any, any cryptocurrency is at risk here because we don't have, you, you heard First, you heard Brad say, when you go into the SEC to go file for a token, there's no clarity. You just heard Brian Armstrong from Coinbase just say the same thing, that they don't know what what it is either. So you're hearing that the SEC, you're hearing two stories. The SEC saying, come in, we'll work with you. And then you're hearing the people who go in to work with them are saying, when you go in, there's nothing to work with. There's no clarity. There's no direction. There's no way to move forward. So because of that app, Every single cryptocurrency is at risk right now, in my opinion, especially Charles, because if they don't like you, they're going to come after you. Right. So for me, they're all at a high degree of risk because of the fact that we don't have the rules and therefore the people who are in charge of enforcing the rules get to make the rules. And that's why you keep saying it's very bad for the crypto industry that the way they're regulating apps right now is through enforcement. Well, enforcement means if I'm the the, the enforcer and I think you broke a rule, even though you didn't because the rule's not really clear, but I think you did, now you're in trouble. I can sue you. I can bring you to court and cost you tons of money and hurt your price. And I can hold you back and I can scare investors away. And you know what, Johnny?
1: I think something that gets forgot very often in these conversations is the SEC, the CFTC, the OCC. They don't make the rules. Congress makes the rules, and their job is to enforce them. And that's why you're getting statements like like Gary Gensler made last week when he actually asked Congress do not come out with rules for cryptocurrency. The SEC has it under control. So let me just paint the picture here. Congress is supposed to create the rules and Gary is supposed to enforce them. Because there's no rules, Gary's taking free reign. Now that Congress wants to pass some litigation, he's saying, don't do it. I'm
2: having too much fun in this market. So Johnny, I'm kicking it back to you. Well, he's saying, don't make rules because when you do, then I can't sue nobody no more. (laughs) You're going to take away my power. Um, It is frankly highly disturbing to me, and it should be to everybody who's a crypto investor, that he came out and asked Congress not to do it and said everything's under control. Because when you look at the companies who went in, see, here's what, it just hit me. Here's the problem. So if Gensler's talking to Congress, right, Abs, and guys like Brian Armstrong and Brad Garinghouse are not talking to Congress, then Congress is only getting one side of the story. And their story is, hey, don't make any laws, don't make any regularity, don't make any clarity. We don't need it. Everything's good. What Congress needs to do is they need to bring in guys like Brad, bring in guys like Brian Armstrong, who can give the other side of the story. We know there's two co- two sides to every coin, right, the story. And we need someone to come in and go, guys, no, the SEC doesn't have the tools they need. We don't have the clarity when we're going in. And we need you, Congress, to make some rules for that to happen. And what worries me right now is I'm not so sure sure. Congress has brought in guys like Brad and, and Armstrong to have those conversations.
1: Well, guess what, Johnny Crypto? The, the statement you just made fits perfectly into the next video we're going to play. We got 302 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're just tuning in, this is the perfect time, as this is a video from a former banking giant explaining how Ripple has always been prepared to flip the switch. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group here. Here we go. I'm
5: 54 years old. live in Los Angeles, California. I've been a tech executive for 30 years. I, I started with IBM and I've worked for uh, Accenture for quite some time, at the time that I was heavily investing in XRP actually. And I've also worked for FIS, some of you know, one of the largest payments provider. I, don't, I no longer work at FIS, I'm building a tech startup right now, which I'll, I'll remain nameless at this point. So. A lot of background on payments, but one of the things that Bob and I talked about some time ago when I was at Accenture, one of the things I'm, I'm no longer on NDAs, but the one thing that I was able to do is Accenture, just like everyone else has a salesforce.com, which is a CRM customer relationship management software. And I was, as an investor was able to go into and look at, and this is a time where everybody was doubting, Oh, you know, Ripple's not working with, with that many banks, and that's the time Brad Garlinghouse was saying we're bringing on two new banks a week. And I could look at Salesforce.com because you wonder how does a small startup like Ripple, who only has,
4: oh, you know, at the time, fifty to one hundred employees, how are they integrating these
5: banks? Because that's a big project—three months, six months, a year. And the reason why they were getting them on so quickly is Accenture and IBM are the two largest
4: tech integrators. In the The Global 2000 used them for implementing any of the latest, greatest softwares. And so Accenture was a partner of Ripple, and I looked in our Salesforce.com,
5: and I could see all 300 banks that Accenture had integrated
1: for Ripple. And people often ask, well, why did the SEC choose to go after Ripple? It was a direct competitor to many of the banks that are putting money in the pockets of people like Gary Gensler. And as you can see, this is from 2018 or 2017 he's talking about. There were already 300 banks around the world willing to use Ripple's on-demand liquidity system, and they put it through an intermediary. So there was one company in between, and that enough is an, that is enough to throw people off. So, Johnny, I'd like to give my statements as well, but let's start with you.
2: Uh, I mean, clear, clear and obvious threat to the system. And when you threaten the system, you know, the the mistake Ripple made, what becomes obvious to me and I've always felt this is it sounds like they didn't get the right people on board when they went to do this. And, And and again, it's who you know, not what you know. So either that's one scenario where they didn't get them on board and that's why they're being sued now, because they are a threat. Or two, they did get them on board, and they're being sued to slow everything down until the time is right, and then you know let it rip like they did with Tesla and Microsoft and Amazon. SEC sued them, and then it skyrocketed after. So again, I don't know if it's A or B. I just see the two the two different directions that could have occurred, and frankly, we're not going to know if it's A or B until after this thing comes to an end, this this suit, and we're going to then be able to say, ah, okay yep, they were holding this thing back because they just wanted to put anything in place, or no, they were holding it back because they were a big threat and they're going to let other companies come in and take control, put the system in place, and then Ripple will be, you know, a, 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 non, a small player in the game instead of a big player. So we're going to know later, my friend.
1: NFT Tones, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, but we are showing an XRP price chart dating back almost 1,200 days, showing that we are creating an ascending triangle here. And to no coincidence at all, it seems that we're breaking out just as we're about to get a resolution or a summary judgment from the Ripple lawsuit. So history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And back in 2017, during a 240-day period, XRP went from a fraction of a penny to just below $4. And this is a similar structure that we're seeing here right before that price action took place. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to get something massive, but it is exciting to see we may have completed our bear market regression. So how did you feel about those statements there? Back in 2018, over 300 banks were already signed up with Ripple, and they're just waiting for that big moment.
4: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Ripple has been kind of slee- uh, casually sleeping, staying under the well, trying to stay under the rocks, but um, they've been building, and that's what you want to see here. They're slowly building and they're, this is from 2018. This is four years ago. So now they've really kind of branched out. They have even more banks. They're in 130 plus countries we've seen. So we really know XRP is out there. Ripple is growing out there. We can see that with the case ending possibly imminently, we could really be prepared for something big because if XRP, after lawsuits end, like Johnny said, with Microsoft and everything, they've skyrocketed. So I wouldn't be surprised after the lawsuit ends here um, if it skyrockets. But once again, not financial advice, always do your own research. But I mean, now with everything going on and knowing what Ripple is building, could be a good time, especially now that we're, we have a little bit of fear in the market. It could be a good time to start a little bit of DCAing if you haven't been before the market went green.
1: Absolutely. And anybody who's been paying attention knows that traditional finance is coming into this market and that could be the largest catalyst for the next bull run. But guys, we got 288 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out the remainder of this clip because they are preparing to flip the switch.
5: Now, and I was OK, I was pleasantly surprised at that And we're talking big names. This was this was uh, Bank of Australia, Bank of England, Bank of Canada, so on and so on. And so they're all primed, and they've been primed and ready to go since this was what two thousand. Bob, but that was about two thousand sixteen. I shared with that with you. Wow, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I think it was 2017, 2018. Yeah, somewhere in the there. Minimum. And I can see them all. They were all, and that means they're all primed and ready to go. So you've heard uh, Mr. Schwartz talk about the flywheel effect. You've had, you've got to have liquidity on both sides for this for this thing to work. And so. I, well, I can't speak to a flip the switch moment. I, I'm not an insider. I won't claim to be, but I can just see what's happening that there is a moment where something happens where they all start using. It. And I, I, Bob. So technically, like a flip of the yeah, switch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and who's in control of that to say go? Your guess is as good as mine, but, you know, that could be the IMFs of the world, the
1: BIS, you, you know, all that. but. Well, the IMF and the BIS are not only both indirectly working with Ripple, they're piloting central bank digital currencies right now, operating in the public today, Johnny. And the biggest one that we've been referencing throughout this week, the BIS has just started to run a project called Project Iceberg, which is going to bring in central bank digital currencies for cross-border payments of different currencies. So there you have it. This is literally, they're painting the picture. Nobody can come out and tell you this is what's going to happen because we don't have inside sources. But what we can do is look at all of this information and paint a picture for ourselves. The BIS, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, they're all pro-central bank digital currencies, and they're all indirectly connected to Ripple. So, Johnny, open floor, my friend.
2: Yeah so abs- uh, this is why you're such a fantastic host to bring this all together and bring this around to this article that we had the other day is is fantastic so kudos to you so the question is always more important than the answer as my, as our friend of the show mark yusko says and so the two questions that immediately come to my mind are this so i encourage everybody to go start doing the research and start sharing it here right as we're a community so all of our chat room go out and find this out we need to find out one Project Icebreaker, I think is what you called it by the BS. We need to figure out what what is the system in the rails? What are they testing? What are they trialing? Remember, we tried to look into them. We couldn't really find much on it. Let me actually answer this question right here, guys.
1: So they will not disclose the private companies that they're working with, but we did a little investigative journalism and found that the three companies that they are piloting their central bank digital currencies in, those are the three companies that Ripple is also working on a central bank digital currency. So again, they can't come out and tell you what they're doing, but we can paint the picture.
2: Exactly. So that's number one, right? Finding the ties to that and seeing if, if that's tied there. And then number two, uh, or iceberg, whatever it is. And then number two is of those 300 banks that were working. What When, when was that Twitter? What, when was that article that you just played? Was that like 2016 or 2018? Uh, so yeah. that
1: guy, that, that, those quotes were from yesterday, but he was talking about back in the day. He said back in 2016.
2: Back in 2016. So we know that there were like 300 banks I think he was referring to. That were are working with Ripple. The question I would want to know, the next question that pops on my head is, okay, how many have stayed the course with them after the lawsuit, right? Because we know that the lawsuit scared a lot of companies away from working with Ripple. And the question now is of those 300, you know, are 280 still signed up on board, willing to work them or 150? Or that is really the next key question in my mind is how many are sticking around
1: it reminds me of the article we read last week where it said over 20 central banks around the world are working with ripple to develop a cbdc right now but guys we got 305 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and johnny i do want to replay the remainder of this clip another 35 seconds here because i do believe it's important so that, you know
5: that's all just bob and i talked about it. bob is that is that what you were hoping to hear from me yeah just because um i remember like the last time we spoke you, you just jumped on the space and you were like hi guys uh my name's tony this yeah. and you just basically said like i, I kind of i do believe in a flip of the switch moment yeah. and you weren't necessarily alluding to like i know for a fact yeah. but you were saying like, i could see why something like this would like happen all at once sort of thing. i could i definitely could so yeah I, i'm on board with that theory as a plausible a plausible scenario for sure
1: and we have good reason to believe so as bank of america has also confirmed that they are going to be leveraging RippleNet once this lawsuit's over and johnny how weird is this not only is ripple comfortable advertising in the united states even though they're being sued by the biggest regulator the largest banks are still willing to work with ripple bank of america chase all of these companies understand the power of blockchain and there was a there was an article put out earlier this morning from jp morgan stating this i guarantee you can guess what they said JP Morgan doesn't trust crypto. Well, they trust blockchain and they've come out and they're already building on a lot of the existing products today, whether it's Onyx coin, which is built on Ethereum or coming out with a decentralized wallet. They've done both of them in 2022. So I will continue with the show. But what do you think about this news?
2: Well, this is another $64,000 question that we always talk about here, whereas does we we know there's no question. That blockchain technology is here to stay. It will transform the world. It'll be the foundation of, of the, the Web 3.0 transition, right, Abs? That's 100%. There's no question there. The question in, in that, that's that been kind of asked here is, what is the use case for the cryptocurrency the, the, that, that incentivizes those blockchains to work? And is it even necessary? And that is a $64,000 question that we're going to find out does a private company need if they're developing a blockchain technology do they need the cryptocurrency incentive and that's that's to me always been an open question that I am also keeping an eye on and trying to say I believe there are certain ones like ethereum yes you have the validators you need to stake for liquidity and, and the answer is yes Bitcoin same thing but for the rest of them uh, what we're gonna have to see that is going to be a very very interesting like we know quant system needs the quant coin to operate but some of those other ones may or may not. If you take the blockchain technology yourself and you're developing it on your own, such as what we know JP Morgan is doing with its own, uh, is it Anx? I think it's called the Anx coin. Very very interesting. But I'm not surprised to see this. This is is exactly what you're going to continue to hear from JP Morgan until the switch is flipped.
1: And it's like, they say one thing and they do another be gnarly commented and said, 114 countries are represented in the BIS project, working on a CBDC, but we got 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and check out the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits. If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore. Thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto Merlin brings all your coins into one place. So you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value. And more importantly, your daily gains losses in total since inception Merlin puts the power back in your hands. So you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and send you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to merlincrypto.com, that's merlincrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Not only is it the smartest way to track your crypto, Johnny, we have a seven-day free trial listed down below. And for anybody interested in the application, I want to remind you, completely free to try it out. So, Johnny, fill our listeners down on some details, and we'll continue.
2: Yeah, actually, Abs, that's a 30-day free trial, but the Academy is a seven-day free trial.
1: So many free (laughs) trials, I get them confused.
2: Don't worry, it's okay, Abs. We know that you you get to take shots too every time we say, uh, sm- you know, just smash that like button. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, it's exciting. We're we're getting close, and so we all know that with the you know with these with these ups and downs and fear and greed, you definitely want Abs is the best host in the world, no question about it. But with the ups and downs, we want here she is, Angelina. Oh, my girl's in the house! Shout out to Angelina Love. Um, great to see her in the house. But Abs, Merlin is so important because what we're trying to do is, and and I'm going to explain this more at the Freedom Conference, guys. So if you get a chance, come to the Freedom Conference in April. We're going to talk about the emotional market and how Merlin is going to help you navigate that and take some of that emotion away so you don't get your money taken away from you. When you see it, when you see this presentation, I can't wait to take people through it, Abs. The market is rigged against everybody to lose it through emotion. But Merlin gives you an advantage finally to take some of that away. So that's why we're excited because we can help other people.
1: One of the best things that you could have done during 2021 was take profit on your cryptos. And many people didn't do that because they thought we were going into what's called a permanent bull run, just waiting for that next leg up. I'm sure the same people who forgot to take profit, if we got to 100000 they would have waited for 250000 And this is why it's so important to write down your exit plan. That way you can stick to your goal and your emotions don't get in the way. We're going to play this 20-second clip here about how the United States is already building a central bank digital currency.
5: know, a CBDC, I think you're asking whether whether a CBDC would serve some of that. A CBDC is going to be years in the evaluation, and, you know, uh,
0: I think we can get this into the hands of the public very quickly, and I think we'll have real-time payments in this country very, very soon. And,
1: so- and it reminds me of what Hester Pierce said a couple of weeks ago, when they make the shift into real-time payments, companies like Bank of America and JP Morgan, they're going to shift behind the scenes. They're not going to come out, make a public service announcement. Hey guys, everybody go buy the currency. We're going to be leveraging for on-demand liquidity. No, instead, you're just going to understand that you now have access to instant transfers and somebody like us will have to do the research and present that information to you. So Johnny, I'd love to hear your thoughts. How do you? What do you think the implications could be of a US
2: CBDC on decentralized currencies? So first of all, some huge, huge nuggets to take away from there. There was a huge thing. Did everybody hear what he said? He said CBDCs are years, multiple, he said it, right? Multiple years away, which actually is relieving. It's good because we all know what CBDCs mean. And I'm happy to hear him say that, that they're they're years away. That's number one, that you want that. Number two, Abs, I was trying to explain this to a friend the other day um, of because of, he was struggling with trying to understand what is happening here with cryptocurrencies and, and what they mean and, and why they even make sense. And they're not backed by any currency like the U S dollar is. So it feels they're kind of risky, right. And not worth investing in. And what I tried to explain to him was look at the end of the day, these blockchain technologists and some of their associated cryptocurrencies are going to replace a system. What you rightfully said on the backside, the back end. on the front end, you may not notice the difference because today if I use cash app or Venmo and I push a button apps, I can send you money and, you know, it looks like it's in your account in 30 seconds, right? But you and I both know it takes a couple of days to settle. And there's a bunch of stuff in the background that has to happen. And all that stuff costs companies money. costs them time. It costs them money. It adds friction. And what do companies want to do? What's the number one thing companies always want to do, Abs? They're in business to do what? Save money. Make Make more money. money. Make money, right? How do you make money? You cut costs. Well, when you have a system that's a blockchain system like this. That can actually make the system faster, if more efficient, faster and lower cost. Of course, they're gonna do it. It's a no-brainer that they're gonna do it. But you're right, Abs. Nobody on the front end is gonna know. People don't care when I call you, Abs, or when I send you an email. Does anybody care how it, what happens in the background for that email to get to you? No, no. But the companies who are paying the cost for that email to go from me to you, they care. This is exactly, and I know I'm taking a lot of time, but this is exactly that reason. That this is exactly what's happening. A transformation that's going to be behind the scenes that is highly valuable, highly valuable to companies. But nobody's going to figure it out until it's too late, except for all of us here because we're so damn early. It feels like we're late. And that's why I am excited about the space apps for that reason.
1: So let me ask you, Johnny, we are seeing a banking collapse happen right before our eyes. As this morning alone, big banks have lost $52 billion in publicly traded market value. And I have a friend who's in the industry who's been talking about this for quite a long time, stating this collapse started six months ago, but we're dealing with the implications now. So it's a classic example of Jerome Powell and the Fed reacting far too late to actually make a difference. What do you believe is really going on here? Why are big banks collapsing right before our eyes?
2: Well, I mean, you know, there's, that's a whole nother thing now. Now we're getting into the, the tinfoil hats and the conspiracies. But I think at the end of the day, what's happening is you're seeing. You're seeing a I'll go I'll bring it this way. Problem, reaction, solution, right? You can't ever get to a new system if you don't have a problem with the old one. So I think what we're seeing is the beginnings of a problem that they want to highlight very obviously. Right. So they can later come and bring a, a solution. So I'll leave it at that. But I think, in a nutshell, that's what's happening there. If you were to ask me, I believe that's where we're uh, where we're heading.
1: There are some Republican officials coming out and stating that they do believe the SEC is overreaching with many of their new litigation, as banks shouldn't be punished for operating in crypto. Says a new Republican servant. And Jerome Powell is making the connection that once a CBDC is launched in the U.S., we're going to see global markets of decentralized currencies collapse. And that means that it's just not true. The the US doesn't control crypto. If anybody did, it would be the Asian markets. It would be Japan. It would be Thailand. It would be China. It would be many of those other currencies and countries, not the United States. But NFT tones, I do want to get some of your thoughts on this as well. We covered a story earlier this week talking about how Amazon was going to be launching their own NFT platform for real world assets. So We're going to shift the conversation just a little bit here. Do you believe there will be a day when companies like this are going to be penalized for offering unregistered securities? I'm sure NFTs meet some of those qualifications.
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, there is definitely a very high possibility that certain NFTs could fall under security. And it, it really means that businesses have to come out here and really understand what it means when they create an NFT or a project. Because if they come out and then, they're registered as a security, it's going to be big problems for them. So, I mean, you also don't want the SEC coming after your project, too, because it creates a lot of negativity and it could really hurt it in the long run. So, I mean, it, it's really interesting. And I think that Amazon being tied to real world assets and all this is going to be really huge. And I think that this is a step in the right direction. I think with big companies coming out here and trying to show normal people. In other businesses, how to actually what NFTs to be made, what kind of things to go along with, we'll kind of start to see ideas and like rough plans start to be etched onto the floor and we'll kind of start to see regulation form from that, I believe.
1: Thank you, Tom. And the last article I'd like to talk about today is how XLM is launching a new protocol with MoneyGram, allowing users to uh, to on and off ramp their central, sorry, not central bank digital currencies, their stable coins into participating decentralized apps. And this is more use cases for Stellar as everyone complains about this project never moving in price. They do have one of the best development teams in the game. So Johnny, just to close out this episode, how do you feel about MoneyGram and Stellar building that connection here?
2: Yeah, so I don't know if you remember, but early on, this relationship actually existed between uh Ripple and, uh was it MoneyGram or was it? Yeah, uh, it was MoneyGram. It's MoneyGram. I'm thinking no. of the, uh, Western Union or whatever. But they, and then obviously, again, what happened, right? The lawsuit came and MoneyGram said, oh, we got to, they, they, you know, they, 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 they cut ties with Ripple and they switched over to Stellar. And I don't know if anybody knows this, Ab's, but Stellar and Ripple are pretty much very similar in terms of technology, right? We know the whole story of McCaleb starting with, you know, with Ripple, similar technology. They broke up because of a girl, Helena Troy, right? That kind of a thing. And so uh, the, Stellar went and created their own kind of technology, which is very, very similar. So no surprise here to see Stellar doing it. In fact, you hear a lot of times, and Coach talks about this all the time. I'll never forget when I first came to the academy, he talked about how. XRP was the, you know, was going to be the the bank to bank transaction uh, rails and XLM would be the bank to consumer rails. So we'll see if that's still all there and going to play out. They certainly have the capability and the technology to do that. Abs. And when you're looking right here at the chart, you can see there that that ripple, you know, I mean, sorry, Stellar has had some serious pumps. Another reason why you want to have an exit plan. Another token that didn't break its all-time
1: high from the 2018 cycle as well. But guys, we got 277 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Billy, the chart analysis expert. We got 276 live listeners. We'll see you guys on Monday morning. And like we always say, Warriors, get shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go. Guitar time.